0: I don't have anything exciting to say <laughs> for, like, this intro. I oh. honestly, like, I wish I did.
1: <laughs> I, so. I mean, if we don't think of something, at the very least, we could use that. You
0: what, know? <laughs> that? I mean, yeah. we could we could absolutely just use this as the intro because...
1: Well, we could him, also just go, oh, uh, uh, I, f- uh, I, you know, moved my no, couch and I farted on my cats. You know, we could use that. No, please that,
0: don't. Uh, just just please don't ever. <laughs> like just 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 introduce the goddamn show
1: there. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We understand that you're not a sophisticate or an appreciator of comedy. I'm so yes, I'm not appreciative of fart jokes,
0: you piece of shit. Just introduce the show. Okay. <laughs>
1: It's curious how you called me a piece of shit right after saying that you didn't enjoy fart jokes. I know. I'm I'm, I'm just tactful. What can more like, I say? Or like... don't stop. Stop. So welcome to episode 21 of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Gade, and my partner in crime based in Miami, Florida, is the one and only Juan Barkeen. Say hi, Juan. Hi. Oh, and we had a hell of a movie to watch this week. Hell of a movie. Yeah, this was my pick because I wanted to uh, push the boundaries of... You
0: done goofed. You done goofed.
1: Well, you know, uh, when you're dealing with movies that are uh, right split in the middle of critical reception, sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose. And I think it's safe to say that we lost this time, Juan. Yeah,
0: yeah, sounds about right, honestly.
1: The movie in question that we watched was My Beautiful Girl Marie which is a 2002 film directed by Lee Sung Gang, a South Korean animator. Now, this is our first trip to South Korea. And well, I
0: mean, technically, it's our first trip on the podcast. Outside of it, we've seen plenty. Or not plenty, but I feel like we've seen a fair amount.
1: seen a couple. But this is the first time that I've seen an animated film from South Korea. But before we start just lacing into this thing with, like, cast iron gloves one, what the hell... Is my beautiful girl, Marie, about?
0: I was about to say nothing, but, um... Come now. uh, Let me, um... It's about, like, okay, the whole thing starts with, like, these two dudes who are best friends meeting up and talking and feeling, like, reminiscent of the past and, like, oh, oh, no. And then the whole movie just kind of dives into flashback mode. And it's all about... most of the movie is a flashback. Yeah, and it's all basically about, like, this kid more or less dealing with, like, the people in his life more or less not being as with him as he wishes they were. This kid and, is bummed out, man. Yeah, like, I, I I love movies about sad people. Like, sad people are my life. But, like, okay, so the whole movie is about um, Nam-woo. Nam-woo. He's this kid who finds out his best friend, is, Jun-ho, is leaving... To study in um,
1: Seoul, baby,
0: in Seoul. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I know it's, I know it's somewhere. I just can't remember exactly where it is. Family um,
1: Feud, man. Name a city in South Korea. Seoul. (laughs) Number one answer. I think you're kind of burying the lead here, man, because this movie purports to be kind of a coming of age tale, a Bildungsroman, if you will, about this young man dealing with his friend moving away and his mom's new boyfriend, and just generally being a sad sack over the course of an hour, 20 minutes. This is a short film, but this movie is basically, uh, occasionally dips its toes into complete batshit, fantastical surrealism. Uh, But like, because, Uh... because this movie, this movie is called my beautiful girl, Marie. The Marie in question is, exists in a parallel universe or an can... alternate realm?
0: The thing can... is, like, okay, like, I'm going to have, like, a very made, big angry explain. discussion about Let this me finish parallel it. universe. Let okay, me finish go them. ahead. Sorry. So,
1: the, apparently, the only way that you can access this parallel universe is if you have a special marble, <laughs> and you go to this derelict lighthouse. Okay? And yet and...
0: you can end up, when you leave it, anywhere else because Nearby. they never specify you know, how you get out of it.
1: <laughs> I think I think you go out of it when you wake up, because I think the alternate universe operates on dream logic. Ugh. Be- but I yeah, they don't ever say, this is how you go in, but we don't know how you get out. I think you just get out when the universe feels like kicking you out. But that's the least of this movie's problems. Uh, how frustrating. So... So you were saying just now that you wanted to go on an angry rant about this parallel universe.
0: About the logistics of it. Like I just, wait, 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 it frustrates wait. me that like, and then like at one point everybody goes into the universe, but like yeah, not true. everybody can have the marble, like it, <laughs> I'm just, and then like, it was just like this like giant surge of like, like energy. And it frustrates me because like so many other anime movies take so much care And interest in figuring out how to explain the blending of parallel universes. And like, 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 even look at like fucking like, like the Digimon movies. Like, like there's a very, there's a very set reason why the digital world and the real world mix together and stuff. And like, this is, this is not that. This just doesn't give a shit. This is just like, I don't fucking care. Anybody can come into this because this there was a big fucking purple ring flying everywhere, and so now everybody knows this boy's purple, purple ring.
1: Purple no, ring.
0: Don't don't you bring <laughs> Prince into this? Don't you dare! Hold yeah, well, on, we
1: gotta liven to... this up a little bit. <laughs> I want to point out though that this is not the first Prince episode. This. <laughs> I want to point out though that this is not the first episode where you bitch and moan about the logistics of. Fantastical elements because we've had the same discussion in our chopping mall episode.
0: Okay. <laughs> chopping mall is a very different story.
1: Also, if anyone is keeping score, uh, I think it's safe to say that both Juan and myself think that chopping mall is a better film than My Beautiful Girl Marie. Yeah, fair, fair point. Yes, it is. But how is chopping mall different? Because you're, you're, the idea <laughs> I don't is remember. that you're, you're no, you, you were, I think at this, uh, during the chopping mall episode, you were nitpicking at, the robot's skill set or abilities, and... because there were too much. There were too like,
0: <laughs> how can you do some things but not okay. other things? It like it was. And I'm going to
1: answer you now. The same thing I answered you then. Who the because fuck it's... cares? I, I care. Cares? I care. I'm being a
0: patantic piece of shit. Mm, disappointing. Uh huh. Look who's <laughs> talking, Mister <laughs> Whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start bringing up past episodes like you do because you're mean.
1: Are you that's talking not... about Annie? Are you talking about Antichrist? Are you talking about everything Texas city? Are you are you everything. just talking about me talking about politics? Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Uh no this movie was pretty apolitical as far as that's yeah. concerned. Exactly. But I'm more concerned about um so the gist of the film is basically this kid dealing with these problems. My main complaint against the film is that the screenplay is like seventeen kinds of fractured, and not in ways that would make it like formally interesting. It's just lazy writing, because there's like seventeen plot threads that don't really go anywhere. There's that there's that young girl in the two dudes' class that may or may not have a crush on them, or they may or may not have
0: a crush on. Like that was like that's one. Did she or didn't she?
1: I don't know. The movie was pointless. She was fucking pointless i mean the the mom's boyfriend who seems like a perfectly deece dude the mom's boyfriend was a pretty cool fucking dude like and also, everything about like...
0: him was very nice he let some dude half sleep on him on like the bus like not the <laughs> bus the like it was a bus yeah it was a bus okay but like like and that's, also, that's this pretty deece
1: and also it's in the scenes with that guy that we see that our kid uh namu is a complete piece of shit a complete, yeah <laughs> complete total asshole <laughs> Who doesn't deserve the fantasia that presents itself to them?
0: I'm like, okay, so uh, whatever. So when he goes off into this fucking universe, there is a... A um,
1: a furry, basically.
0: A, a, fu- a, fur- a furry?
1: It's this young, this young girl Don't who...
0: fucking who, furry Here's
1: shit. the thing. I thought that she was the sort of parallel universe answer to the other girl in That's what I was real world. hoping I, That's for. not the case. It isn't at all. She just She's just some random girl who doesn't speak, who's covered but flies supposed to be white fur, and has this giant never ending story dog that she travels on.
0: Yeah. Also absolutely. this movie
1: rips off the never ending story so bad. It and, does. And it rips off Studio Ghibli's greatest hits so okay. bad.
0: Okay, so the first time he meets this girl and the second time he meets this girl, both fucking times, he is in danger of either like falling and she just grabs him. And she flies with him. And, like, this movie came out one year after Spirited Away. But that is literally, literally, like, (laughs) the fucking scene from Spirited Away.
1: (laughs) And you were telling me on, uh, you were texting me saying that this score is basically Joe Sahashi adjacent. No,
0: no, 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 no. In fairness, some of the pieces of music are perfectly fine and they stand alone very nicely. But some of the pieces are pure, pure, pure. Juhi like, ripped. Ripped. The scene where it's basically, like, Chihiro and Haku flying through the air beautifully. Right. Like, holding hands and shit. That's, li- like, that piece of music is just, like... It's not the same piece of music, but it's very, very... It's close enough. It. Like, it's embarrassingly so. It's so frustrating. And just, like... Like at least if the animation supported. Oh, the the animation is so bad.
1: I felt so bad watching this. It looked like a demo reel. It looked like (laughs) yes, someone took like a two-year community college course in digital animation. Yeah, this and this was like their this was where their take on this is their version of a uh, Studio Ghibli film. They were like main they were mainlining like Spirited Away and Totoro and Princess Mononoke and everything and just. Here's my version of that, except it's set in Korea, and it looks like this really weird mishmash of uh Roger Dean album covers and <laughs> rotoscoped props because all the things look real, but all the people look animated exactly and It looks exactly like I don't know if you've seen this TV show because you're in America, but to any Canadian <laughs> listeners out there, you guys have you guys have seen sixteen before, right. That's six, the number six, T-E-E-N. Like, you've seen this show before, right? It looks exactly like that, the character models. Now, Juan, I want you to do me a favor. Oh, my God. Oh, my and God, Google, they do. And Google the, the, the no, show.
0: No, 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 because at the very least, the people in 16 look distinct. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, everyone kind of looks like a Muppet. Like, a, like, like I, want, I want a Muppet, but I don't want any, like, like defining characteristics. I just want a plain Muppet.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you just got a very, very plain Muppet, that's exactly what they'd look like. Um, I
1: also, this is a bit more of an obscure reference, but the, when I first saw it, I thought, you remember those Law for Kids comics? That meme that was big a few years ago?
0: Where I think. I know exactly what you're talking
1: I about. I think it's like some... some. Oh
0: my god. Yeah, yeah, right? Oh my god. You're awful. You're
1: <laughs> I'm awful, but am I correct?
0: No, not that far. That's just, that's. <laughs>
1: like, here, okay, I want everyone like, to do. In I want part, every,
0: in part I, I almost want, want to agree, I, want, but...
1: I want everyone in the audience to do like a thought exercise. I want you in your head to synthesize those Law 4 Kids meme comics, the TV show 16, uh, rotoscoping. <laughs> and the cover to Asia's 1983 album Alpha, okay? And I want you to just sort of mix all of those together, and you have a pretty good idea of what the stylistic palette of My Beautiful Girl Marie is.
0: Honestly, yeah, that's a pretty pretty solid, solid thing.
1: <laughs> and uh, it's My Beautiful Girl Marie. She doesn't do anything. She's an apparition. She, she, she shows like... up twice in the movie.
0: Earlier to Derek, I joked, like, oh, she's, like, my manic, beautiful, fur-bodied girl. But, like, she (laughs) doesn't, like, if only she had the amount of personality that, like, a magic pixie dream girl requires.
1: I actually want to pitch my alternate version of this movie, or an alternate version of this movie.
0: Okay, you go ahead and pitch your alternate version, then I'll pitch my alternate version.
1: It's, okay, the, the bones are the same. It's these kids. Okay, first of all, we cut. The beginning and end. We don't need them as, as adults, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The frame story is kind of useless. It's these two kids, these couple, two loser tweens, uh, happen upon a magic portal in a derelict lighthouse during their summer vacation, and they go into there as friends. And they have kind of like uh, they meet this 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 lady creature, and one of them falls in love with like this weird furry Nell angel type person, and there's conflict, and there's fantasy, and there's You know, actual, you know, danger and stakes and stuff. And I want an epilogue. And this is like a pet peeve of mine where people in these kinds of movies, they discover like an alternate universe or they have this life altering experience where they discover a parallel universe or aliens exist Mm -hmm. or some fantastical thing. And never have I seen a single one of them that deals with how – you would deal with the knowledge that this exists and you're of one of like two or three or however many people that have experienced this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's this movie called welcome to the space show, which I saw not too long ago. Yeah. I had that, that same reservation, but I feel like that movie is a much better version of this movie. Okay. So yeah, it's not changed that much, but you stay in this sort of weird Roger Dean universe and you have like it's not gonna be a love triangle because these kids are like twelve.
0: Exactly. Okay, so see, my movie would have been different. It would have potentially no, not even had a love triangle, no. I see, like, okay, when the movie started, you and I talked about this in, in passing for a few seconds. But um
1: I when totally the movie started these, two guys these were two
0: gay. Yes, yes. I absolutely thought this was going to be a movie about these two young men who like are essentially like dated at some point when they were younger in like a a trying moment of their lives and then they had to separate and like this magical world was going to be some kind of fucking metaphor for like i don't want to say like a metaphor for sex but a metaphor for the happiness they felt being together
1: maybe just a metaphor of like for like the discovery of oh perhaps i'm gay
0: yes exactly the discovery of like this is what love feels like i'm gay Ha! like look at me and like (laughs) no Nothing about nope. it is in I mean I should have known better with the title like My Beautiful Girl Marie, first of all. Uh but like
1: Marie could have stood in for like a million things and they do sweet fuck all with the character. Nothing,
0: nothing Not a absolutely goddamn nothing. thing. And like a lot of the the back background animation mm-hmm. in, in like these surreal moments felt a lot like, like surreal films of the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, but like
1: but without like the poetry or Exactly.
0: The, or there's the politi- nothing or the too... political
1: heft of exactly. what that would imply, right?
0: And like it's just it's disappointing. It's, it's so very disappointing, disappointing to me to see this movie so so lacking of anything interesting. The characters are as flat as they look. Like, like it's th- sad.
1: I mean there's a case to be made about this kind of movie. I mean, there's there's this whole okay, I'm gonna sort of make a lateral move from movies to video games here. Okay, but- fair. There's like a life simulator, slow life game parallel to be made with this particular style of movie that mm-hmm. I don't think it engage, like, like, there is a version of this that could be a persona game, right?
0: I don't know. I've never played persona in fairness. I've always wanted to.
1: There's a version of this where you have these kids going to school and having these relationships and whatever and existing in this weird, uh, yes relayer Album cover, alternate reality myth,
0: <laughs>
1: with uh you know furry, furry, literal furry girls and giant dogs and and fucking vine plants from Super Mario Brothers existing everywhere. But yeah. it was not to be.
0: It wasn't at all.
1: I think like I don't know. I'm I'm trying to like think of how this movie was conceived, and it's like I don't know what came first, like the the story or the surreal stuff. Probably the surreal stuff. Because it's more of like a showcase for an animator's talents. And mm-hmm. the animation works better when they're in there. Because there's yes. just more stuff to do. Exactly.
0: But at the same time.
1: But the second the movie goes back into the real world, it falls flat. I mean, you know the scene at towards the end where they're on the fishing boat. And it's about to capsize and they're trying to get to shore. But the lighthouse is out. Yes. that's That scene is like worse than the scene... With the boat during a storm from Anastasia? Oh my god, yes. And Anastasia was made in fucking seven. okay? Exactly. Like, I don't know what kind of budget these guys were working with, but you gotta play to your strengths, man.
0: And they did not, clearly. They
1: did not. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hate ragging on this kind of movie because this is probably a lower budget film. This is probably... They probably had a small team. This is like... But at the same time... The thing with low-budget animation... The thing with low-budget animation... You have to know your limitations. Which is why Don Hertzfeld is like a... A uh, genius. A a golden beacon, right? I mean, it's just stick figures and camera tricks, but it works wonders, right?
0: But it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. That's why it works. And not to mention uh, his stories have emotional narratives. Emotional heft, yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, World of Tomorrow fucking... Like, that movie did a number on me. I saw it alone in a pitch black movie theater and just, ugh. I, Wept like, like
1: a goddamn baby.
0: I don't weep like a goddamn baby, but it got some tears out of me. I Like, I didn't expect to be that emotionally <laughs> hurt by it. <laughs> it's a lot. Like, it makes you long a for a completely... It's just, uh, whatever. You should watch it sometime soon. It's, it's only fucking like, what, like 14, I think it's like minutes? some, I think it's like 15 minutes, minutes
1: long. Anyway.
0: 17 minutes. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. I just, whatever. So anyway, Don been... Hertzfeld is fantastic. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna.
1: <laughs> so we were talking about uh, Studio Ghibli just now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now there are parts of this movie, like, superficially this movie tried to be like a Ghibli film with the backgrounds and the music and the sort of... Everything. And the sort of small stakes of the plot. So, what makes a Ghibli film click that this movie lacked?
0: What doesn't make a Ghibli movie click? That I mean, like <laughs> everything, everything. Although, in fairness, like there have been a couple of not great ones, but everything, there's- like like the animation, the narratives, like there's such such a genuine care to crafting something beautiful on on the on paper and. In motion like it's just
1: yeah I was going to say production design but this is I think it's more art direction in this case because it's animated
0: yeah but like at the same time like just there is a care to the narratives like like Ghibli cares as much about their stories as they do their art and usually they tend to match each other perfectly like that's
1: I want to posit that you have a movie like my neighbor Totoro whose story is just let's go it's they're vignettes. It's not really yes. a three act structure. it's just shit happens exactly, and which is like this like Totoro has less of a plot than this other movie has. The difference is how you handle your material
0: and how you handle your characters.
1: yes, this is true. It's not that these characters were ill conceived because they're they're tropes, I mean you've got the young kid, you've got the best friend, you've got the sort of tomboyish girl there may or may not be infatuated with. You've got this weird alternate universe. These are all things that have worked in movies before.
0: The mom with the boyfriend, the (sighs) The son jealous of the mom. Like, you know, like it's, there's a lot.
1: I mean, uh, there's just so many ways in which this movie could have been so much better. This movie could have been like the Iron Giant. It could have been Uh, like, it could have been the never ending story. You know, I mean,
0: it could have been anything.
1: But no, instead it's just this like sort of wet blanket mishmash of all those things. More or less. Ah, my God.
0: Whatever. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I think we should probably do like a small salvage job with this. What was something other than the music cues that you liked about this film?
0: Certain portions of the animation, like I said. like There were a couple of moments of just like, oh, the potential of being good. But then it would drop the ball on that. <laughs> um, I like the opening song.
1: That animation, though, went on forever.
0: I know. But, like, in fairness, a lot of anime movies have that same issue. Although, I don't think it's necessarily an issue.
1: Like, here's um, the thing. If, that intro, else, if yeah. that intro would have been made with, like, cardboard instead of, like, flash animation, I would have been like, whoa, what a masterful use of craft. But
0: Fair point. You're using um, the tools. I mean, somebody that the, the <laughs> intro... Reminded me of in particular, and just like the sort of longing feeling of like wishing things were different in another time or whatever. Uh, It reminded me a little bit of um, another filmmaker we both like, Uh, Makoto Shinkai.
1: Makoto fucking Shinkai, the greatest. Well, not the greatest, but pretty good.
0: Yeah, pretty damn good uh, when he wants to be. In fairness, I haven't seen all of his movies. But, like, this one made me think of, of, of like, I think 5 centimeters it. per second a little bit.
1: I haven't seen 5 centimeters per second, but I got to say that the... It's not
0: necessarily in story or anything, just, like, the whole, like...
1: The scenes just that, longing. The just scene, longing. The scenes that bookend the movie with the adults feel like such a gigantic ripoff of the place promised in our early days. Does it? The scenes that bookend this movie feel like a ripoff of the middle of the place promised in our early days.
0: I mean the opening the opening song reminded me a little bit about like uh you know, like the very long song at the in the Garden of Words and like just like it's just showing more or less like buildings and locations.
1: Here's the <laughs> thing though, but I I'd like to point Garden out Garden of
0: Words is gorgeous. That's, that's is, the difference.
1: Garden of Words is very lush, but I'd like to point out even like in the beginning with Voices of a Distant Star. That movie was made by one man on a computer.
0: Yeah, and, and it looks gorgeous. And that looks, movie was made in 2002. Dope.
1: Yeah, here's the thing though. The faces in that movie kind of look weird in Voices of a Distant Star, but mm-hmm. the atmosphere is lush and the ideas are strong. Exactly. Neither which, of which fairness, is the case here. I haven't here. seen
0: it, but, like, I would assume it is.
1: But that's not the case here. The ideas are half-baked, as we've discussed earlier, and the atmosphere is just nil.
0: Yeah, pretty much. There's nothing. There's, like, there's nothing special about it. That's the problem. I didn't... And it's not even that it's, like, that bad of a movie. It's just... No, it's just... It's just bland.
1: It's wholly unremarkable. Exactly.
0: Like, I will forget about this movie entirely.
1: Well, I won't because we will have had this spirited discussion about it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'll forget about it eventually, though, let's be real. <laughs> uh,
1: man, I didn't I didn't start this pod thinking that we we're going to like out-and-out out bury this movie, but Jesus Christ.
0: It happens, man. You never think you're going to bury a movie or you never think you're going to love a movie, but you know.
1: That's a chance you take, I guess, when you watch movies with a 50% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yup. Oh, anyway. God. So, what's our what's your what's your final decision on this movie? Hmm?
1: I, I solemnly and uh, irrelevant to the plot select rotten.
0: Yeah, same this here.
1: Movie, this <laughs> it, it, this movie could have been a contender, man. There are 17 or 18 different ways it could have gone to be better. And I'm not even saying just because the animation's kind of wonky. I'd like to point out that like the sort of the physics in this universe are weird, like there's a cat character named Yo in the film, who does like you. these. Who does
0: like these impossible jumps? I'm sorry, I'm very bitter that you called him Yo, because his name is not Yo. It's you.
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's Yo in the subtitles, so.
0: But it's you. You should say it right. And um, every single time that this cat pops up, he, like, I literally have like I'm pretty confident he said the name of the cat more often than he said Marie's name. The cat is animated like it was on
1: fucking South Park.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so multiple times throughout this, like, somebody they would do a close-up on somebody's face, and I genuinely thought they were straight out of South Park. Like, it was really depressing.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, there was a sequence in, like, a a, a public bath where the kids jumped in. When the kids jumped in, did, like, a cannonball, and the wave of the cannonball just knocks out a dude completely like the wave was made out of concrete. It was so ugly. The, the, the detection physics in this movie are fucking weird. They're awful. The
0: cat rotten. hanging out of the fucking, the on the fucking, like, drywall and just it, like, breaking off just slightly and the cat falling over. And then, like, a giant fucking two-by-four falling on the cat and it's still being perfectly fine. It's still fine, no but it,
1: here's the thing, though. It's a two-by-four. A cat survives getting hit by a two-by-four that falls over, but it sounded like it was crushed by an anvil. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, there's just so many small bad decisions taken in this film. So yeah, it's rotten. Yay? Yeah, no, not yay. Let's not. No, no.
0: Whatever. I mean, I right.
1: will, <laughs> oh god. Anyways, but I will say this though. Uh, hmm. di- director Lee Sung Gang has another credit, one other credit uh, that may or may not be interesting. Uh, the movie is called Yobi, the Five Tailed Fox. It came out five years later. And okay. it, and it's based on a Korean folktale. And uh, uh, here's the first paragraph of the Wikipedia plot summary. 100 years ago, aliens landed on a mountain near where a small, white, five-tailed fox lived. After being stranded on Earth for 100 years, they are ready for a test flight to see if they can return home. The test fails as one of the aliens makes a mistake and the other aliens tell him to leave.
0: Interesting.
1: The, the runaway alien finds itself taken in by a class of students at the foot of the mountain. There, a teacher named Kang trains students who do not fit in at a regular school. Uh, in order to save the alien, uh, the five-tailed fox takes on the form of a human girl and joins the school under the name of Yobi. And there's some, this is like sort of a Little Mermaid riff, I think. I guess. Uh, because it goes on like, you know, there's, a, there's this kid and they fall in love. And, uh, I mean, it sounds more interesting than this. It looks different. It looks like some money was put into it.
0: Yeah, but I'm not going to watch it anytime soon. So
1: Maybe if someone sort of twists my arm, but uh, I don't know. Exactly. Not otherwise. But it's um, recommendation time.
0: Yes, it is. Who goes first again?
1: My pick, your, your, your movie first.
0: All right, cool. My pick is another 2002 animated film that I like a whole lot more. It's actually uh, one of my favorite Disney animated movies, and it is Lilo and Stitch.
1: I thought you were going to say uh, the computer wore tennis shoes.
0: Yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't animated, you shit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it is uh, Dean DeBlau and uh, Chris Sanders' movie. You should probably know them from How to Train Your Dragon and its sequel. But uh, they first made Lilo and Stitch, and I love Lilo and Stitch. I think it's a great, great movie. It's really cute, really sweet.
1: It's th- just think about I ever a girl and her
0: this. alien and just a lot of cool sisterhood and whatnot. It's a really, it's a really sweet fucking movie. Uh, I really want to rewatch it now just out of funsies. Uh, I don't think I've
1: ever <laughs> finished Lilo and Stitch. I remember watching Why? part of it. I don't know. I mean, this is 2002, so I was like 10 or no, I wasn't ten. I was twelve. Uh, God damn it, I was fourteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I'm like you're. You can't have been ten because I was fourteen. You're older than me. <laughs> uh, I I've seen it I don't like, know. multiple I mean, times, though. I'm
1: sure I've seen like most of it, but I mean, if I were to rewatch it, I was I would count it as a new film because it's been ages.
0: That worked. I mean, you should watch it. I think you would probably no, enjoy it. I'd probably it like a lot.
1: it. My recommendation is not as wholesome as as.
0: Uh... <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. Not even close.
1: Now, the movie that I'm going to recommend, the link is uh, the actor who plays the adult version of our protagonist Nam-woo, is uh, one Lee Byung-hun, who you might recognize from Red 2, but I'm not recommending Red 2.
0: Red fucking 2, you piece of
1: shit. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to recommend I Saw the Devil, the Kim Ji-woon film released in 2010 that also stars uh, Choi Min-sik alongside uh, Lee Byung-hun. It's, well, you know this movie, it's one of those sort of twisted revenge jams from Korea it's that you've heard awesome. so much about. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's,
1: it's so violent and nasty that it almost becomes funny. There like, times, it is just yes. so just dastardly and icky and just wrong that it, it almost becomes like a sick joke.
0: More or less, Yeah.
1: But you've got a couple of solid lead performances, and this is a thoroughly nasty, dark movie. It's
0: a lot of fucked up shit going
1: on. So naturally, I like it.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh,
1: But if you're sensitive to, you know... know, uh, Violence. Well, not just violence, but like, you know, violent sex and people getting their Achilles tendons ripped out with a surgical knife, maybe not watch this movie. Yeah. So uh, two very different recommendations this time around. Very much so, but I'm glad they both happened. At least, at least we got one for the kids.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, so uh, for episode twenty-two, what are we watching, man?
0: Um, well, personally, I haven't seen this movie in like forever. I don't remember how I felt about it either. Um, I f- like I feel like I enjoyed it, but maybe I'm fucking crazy. Um, and it is a movie by someone who made a horror movie that I adore, which is The Descent, and that is near Marshall.
1: Marshall.
0: Uh yeah. wish well, you haven't even seen that movie. So, I haven't you know, sure. awful. Yeah uh we'll go into your this further next time but uh assuming that you episode, don't this... watch it magically within the next like week and a half two weeks
1: well it's on the big board we'll put it that way also i'd like to point out that this episode has been very very uh light on the you insulting me
0: i know it's so nice um because <laughs> we were too busy insulting the movie anyway i am picking 2008's doomsday
1: doomsday doomsday I have no idea what the hell this movie is, so it colored me surprised. Good.
0: I'm glad. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a post apocalyptic uh flick.
1: Like Mad Max Fury Road?
0: Somewhat, yes. Actually it's one of the movies that people like say it rips off. So, you know, whatever. We'll see.
1: I'm always up I'm or not always up Fury for Fury Road
0: rather, just Mad Max in general.
1: Yeah, I'm always up for a Mad Max rip off, that's for sure. Yeah. Plug time. Plug time. I'll let
0: you do your job.
1: All right. If you're interested in our long-form film criticism, you can head on over to com. There you'll find everything that I've written, everything Juan has written, and uh, everything our collaborators have written for us, our collaborators that include Michelle Arf, Chris Mello, Ross Burks, and Carl Harris. If you're interested in this show specifically, our homepage is at sitmwypodcast.tumblr.com. There you'll find links to our iTunes page, our RSS feed, and also our respective Twitter accounts and Letterbox pages. I'm on both of those places, at Derek underscore G, and Juan is at both of those places, that is Twitter and Letterboxd, at Woe It's Juanito, that's W-O-A-H, It's Juanito, all in one word. You can find Juan's work at Miami New Times, and you can find my work at com. Also, come on, man, give us some reviews, give us some ratings, man. Come on.
0: Yeah, please do. Tell us what you think.
1: I know, like th- at Make least three. Make some suggestions. Of you, I know, at least like three of you listen to this, so it'd be nice to get some stuff. Like my numbers tell me that there's on a good week we get 50 people. So if all of those 50 people like write us a review on iTunes, then we'll suddenly magically show up in the rankings, which oh then God, gets more that'd be people. Great, and that'd...
0: then we could get a book deal, and that would lead a book deal. to a TV show deal. And that would lead to a lot of things, preferably a talk show.
1: But uh, that's it for this week, uh, for this two-week period anyways. And we hope to not take three weeks with this next episode. And in keeping with that, see you in two weeks.
0: Yep. Bye.